0: Ah, beloved, I'm Pastor Trey, and you're now listening to the New Living Translation. This is fide Bible Talk, because God speaks my language too, and I'm sure enough about to act like it. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and everything in between, sorry, I've always wanted to start an episode like that. You remember Manny Fresh? Epic Fresh, Fresh, Fresh? Well, I don't know if you remember Manny Fresh or not, because I'm still trying to figure out the demographics for this podcast. It is very confusing at times. Anyhow, moments like this happen, and all of a sudden it makes sense to me While people are like, we don't need no more podcasts, because really, that's just 30 seconds of me living out my failed dreams as a rapper like I have a microphone and I get to say stuff now. and Anytime I turn a microphone on, I'm attempting to relive some dreams that I would never realize. But y'all ain't come here to listen to me work stuff out like that. I go to therapy for a reason. So y'all are here for the New Living Translation. Y'all want to hear me talk about the Bible. I'm going to go ahead and do that. But before I do that, I want to have a conversation with y'all about how these episodes end up coming together. And the things that I wrestle with as... I guess they call them content creators now. Yeah, the things that I wrestle with as a content creator because I recognize that there are a lot of different philosophies when it comes to studying the Bible and handling the Bible and things of that nature. And sometimes I wonder how much of that I should take into account as I create this particular podcast. So I thought about taking my time to go through a particular book. Like I did that with Jonah once, and that was pretty dope for me. But at the end of the day, the Bible isn't a book in that way. It's a library. So we get the opportunity to hop into this library and jump around back and forth between books and wisdom writings and narratives and see how we can weave this narrative together. That's one of the things that I do as a Christian minister. I look across all of these books and see what stories there are to tell. What messages can we craft? How can we commit to the wholeness of the people that we serve on a regular basis, using the words that we have available to us, not only in this library, but in our common vernacular nowadays. That's what translation is all about. I say that because in the last episode, I was in the New Testament looking at First John chapter 4, talking all about love, and God being love, and what that means for us. And I disclose that this season, we're going to be tracking love throughout the Bible. This week, we're not going back to 1 John. Not chapter 4 or any of the other chapters in that letter. I'm going back to Genesis. I'm going to Genesis chapter 2. And I'm leading with this long preamble because I remember that last season I dealt with Genesis chapter 1 where I talked about creating and creation and what it meant for us to be created in the image of God as it relates to our creative abilities and things like that. And here I am. Back in dang near the same place but not quite with a whole nother theme i think it's wonderful that we can come to this vast library that we call the library and come away with so many different things because this week i'm still talking about love but the word love don't even appear in there but if there's anything to what i said in the last episode and love is a commitment to wholeness That we don't need the word love to appear in the Bible for us to recognize love in the Bible. Wherever there is a commitment to wholeness, we see love. And wherever we see love, we see God. Because, as 1 John chapter 4, the second half of verse 16 tells us, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God lives in them. And when you take that framework through the Bible, you start to see things pop up all of a sudden. You see God's activities, God's presence, God's work, and the interactions that we have among other people and in God's creation. And I love that, that excites me as a theologian, as a thinker, as a human, to be able to trace the presence of an almighty God through regular interactions through stories, through poems. So I have this wonderful relationship with the Bible, a book that has plenty of stories and plenty of writings that I do not enjoy. But I get to undertake this task, searching through these pages, looking for a guide that I still believe has something to say to us this very day. And so I'm excited to have bona fide Bible Talk with y'all on this episode, right back in Genesis, right back in the beginning where God gets the very hands of God dirty, shaping a world that I believe is committed to our wholeness. So without any further ado, we're going to meet up in Genesis chapter two, beginning of verse 15. And that's where we'll begin our Bonafide Bible Talk. Let's go. Then, God Almighty took the human and set him up in the garden to nurture and protect it. God told him, You can eat from whatever you want out here, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat from that one. The day you eat that fruit is the day you die. God Almighty said, it ain't good for a human to be lonely. I'm gonna make a friend for him. God Almighty made every kind of wild animal out the ground and every bird in the air and then brought them to the human to check out. Whatever he called them, that's what they name ended up being. So the human ended up naming all the wild animals and the farm animals and every bird in the air but won't no friend for the human. And God Almighty put the human into a deep sleep. But he got slumped. And God took a chunk out his side and patched up the space where it was. God Almighty took the chunk he took out the human and turned it into a woman and brought it to the human. And then the human said, Now this one is the same as me. We're going to call her woman cause she came from the human. And that's why a man end up leaving his folks and joining up with his boo, and they become one again. The two of them was Bucky naked, man and woman, and they ain't feel no sort of way about it. One thing that always sticks out to me about this account of creation in Genesis we stretch it out over Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. Chapter 1 walks us through six days of creation, God calling everything good. Over and over, we see all of these things described as good. So much so that on the seventh day, God just takes in all that was done on the first six days. God rests, having called everything good. We're left with the impression that God is impressed with the work that God put in. Now, a couple of astute observers might note that I started in verse 15 of chapter two. One of the reasons I did that, skip the first 14 verses here, is because I did an episode on Genesis chapter one already and the first 14 verses are kinda talking about God doing the same things. It was a little redundant for me. So I hop down here to verse 15. God takes is human this person that we call Adam and he plops him into the garden this paradise that God is called good everything in there is good every animal and creature that God created is called good as a matter of fact by my logic even the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the one where God was like if you eat from that one you are gonna die that day that's bad news don't touch that one that would have to be good too but everything that's good ain't good for you if you know what i'm saying anyway gotta stop before i start preaching on this podcast the very first thing in the genesis story which by the arrangement of every modern bible makes it the very first thing in all of scripture all of the bible the very first thing that god calls not good for man to be alone there's a whole nother sermon in that sentence right there I always find it interesting that in Genesis chapter one, when God is going through all of this creation, the Bible says that God says, let us as though God is creating out of community and God having created humanity looks. And the very first thing that God declares not good is for man to be alone. Meaning that out of a commitment to our wholeness, God recognized that it is not good for us to be in solitude. It is not good for us to be isolated. And the story goes on to tell us that God went back into the dirt and starts using the very hands of God to find a friend, to craft a helper for humanity. And having done all of this and made all of these wonderful creatures, which were also good, discovered that there was no Suitable helper, no companion, no friend for the man that God made. And so God says, I know just what I'll do. The scripture tells us that God puts the man to sleep, that God takes a piece from the man's side, that God takes the man's rib and is careful to patch the man back up. And from the piece of the man that God has taken, God crafts another human being and that though this human was different than the first one, the human recognized it as the very same substance. It says, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. I translated that as this one is the same as me. I recognize something different in this person than I did in all of the other creatures that were brought before me. So I will call it woman because it came out of man. Some people might notice that I use the word human instead of the word man, where most of our translations would put it. And I think that's because, for the most part, is not that concerned with whether God created a man or a woman first. It's almost like God created mankind and recognized that mankind was lonely. And so God replicates mankind to keep mankind company out of a commitment for the wholeness to the humans that God created God gives them community amongst each other. Says that for that reason, we end up leaving our families, our fathers and our mothers. And we find that human that looks like us. Yeah, they might appear a little bit different. But when we look at them, we recognize the same substance. We recognize that we have found a suitable helper, that we have found a companion, that we have found a friend. We have found community. We have found someone who is both committed to our wholeness and someone to whose wholeness we are committed. Because being of the same substance, being so recognizable, our wholeness is intertwined. This story tells us that our wholeness is intertwined because from the very beginning, God literally made us of the same substance. And that God did all of this as an act of love. Because among all of creation, recognizing that there was so much good around, the first thing that God recognized as not good was for us to be alone. That without a friend, without a companion, without a helper, we won't know the wholeness from which God designed us and for which God designed us. Now, the chapter ends with a line about them being naked and unashamed. It's actually a bit of a spoiler for what comes in the next chapter, which we'll get to in the next episode. But I like that it ends with that note, even though chapter divisions are made up later. It's not really a division in the original story. Like that note, though, that they were naked and they felt no shame. Because when we exist in wholeness, There is this comfortability in our vulnerability and in our transparency. There is no shame in existing in the ways that God made us to be. This right here is a picture of perfect love existing in wholeness among people who are committed to our wholeness under the design of a God who created from wholeness to wholeness and for wholeness and beloved I'm wild enough to believe that that's what God wants for you today let me pray with you Almighty God whose commitment to our wholeness yet confounds us we thank you for the ability to imagine better ways of being and right now by the power of your Holy Spirit we ask that you might direct our hearts minds and and actions towards a better reality in which we are more committed to the wholeness of those that you have put around us. In the name of Jesus, who lives his very life in commitment to our wholeness, we pray, amen. Translation is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. You can follow us on Twitter at 3 Men. That's the number three, not spelled out, Black Men. You can find me on all social media platforms at Trey 5 That's Trey 5 Don't send me no Facebook requests, though. Like, I won't be over there. That's the bad place. This work has been made possible by a community of folks who have chosen to show their support through generosity. You can join us at Patreon.com slash 3 Men three out that time though patreon.com slash three black men there you can find even more original content from sam rob and yours truly make sure you subscribe to rate and review the new living translation and three black men wherever you get your podcast and remember real recognize real don't get caught looking unfamiliar